rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Harmless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, on today's episode, I bring you our very first heavy-ish metal band, uh, the band Red Fang. Uh, I'm not really, as I talk about today in the episode, I'm not really a metal dude. I'm more of a punk rock kid, and there's something about the uh, what Red Fang brings to the table that really hits those musical taste buds I have. I'd like to thank my good buddies, uh, Justin Hackle and Andy Thomas. Uh, they used to be in the greatest well, one of the greatest Denver punk rock bands of the last few years, uh, Only Thunder. It's a damn shame those fellas broke up, but, uh, you know, that's what happens. Uh, so Andy and Justin, through their postings on Facebook and MySpace, inadvertently got me into this band. And it was through their music videos that really grabbed me. But it wasn't until I caught them at the Metal Alliance tour where I went to go see Helmet and my good buddies, Atlas Moth, that I was blown away by fucking Red Fang. Like, I'd heard great 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 things i'd seen a couple of videos but it was really seeing them live for that first time that really sold me on the guys i've been following them half-assed ever since uh this when i found out they were coming through here i thought it was gonna be a long shot sent out a little email to their uh pr guy over at relapse and boom good to go thank you uh i believe it's bob at relapse for hooking me up he's been sending me a whole bunch of cool stuff and kind of getting me into uh opening the doors for me to get into more metal uh, so for today's interview, I was told to be at the Larimer Lounge about 6.45, 6, 7 o'clock. I get there about 6.30. Turns out the band's running behind. They've been having car van problems all day. And uh, I, instead of doing the smart thing and not drinking, I went to the little bar around the corner, a little metal arc. I'd never been in there before. Nice little basement bar. It's a pretty cool little joint. It's happy hour. Seated to drink three or four uh, PBRs. Make it back over to the Larimer Lounge, meet up with the guys, proceed to drink two or three more PBRs. The whole idea in my head is, I'm way too wired, like I am right now. I'm way too wired. Let's drink a couple, uh, let's drink a couple beers and calm down. Sure enough, a couple beers calmed me down, and then I kept drinking, and then I got sloshed. But if uh, you're a regular listener to this show, you would find that that is usually the case. I uh, drink way too much, and but I have a good time. Have a good time, buddies. Uh, thank you to Brian and Aaron for humbling me and talking to me through this uh, interview. Uh, we did this on the back patio of the Larimer Lounge. It was a sold-out show. Uh, we did it right as people were starting to come in, so you can hear a lot of background noise and feedback and whatnot. But, hey, that's cool. That's that's what it is. It's just it's just uh, the three of us talking into my Zoom H1 handy recorder. It's a little electronic portable recorder um, that I bought for about 100 bucks. If you're looking to start podcasting, doing interviews and whatnot, I highly recommend one of these. It's small, it's portable, and the quality is pretty goddamn fantastic. It's got two little condenser mics. It only costs about 100 bucks, so you're saving the money rather than going out and spending 100 bucks on a mixing board, 100 bucks on microphones and all that good stuff. So just if you want to tr- start out small, I highly recommend one of those Zoom H1 handy recorders. Uh, again, like these guys had just gotten done driving the whole day from Salt Lake City to Denver. Uh, they're tired as fuck. You, I, you know, I kind of feel bad for interviewing them when I did. Probably should have waited till after the show when they got that after show high instead of that after tour van driving all day. Are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it? Oh shit! Then we got to talk to this drunk asshole where he's going to ask us the same questions that everybody else fucking asks us. No, blah, 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 you know. Uh, but still, they were fucking cool dudes. They're <laughs> they made a little bit of fun of me as you'll hear in today's episode. And super rad, awesome guys. Uh, I'm not going to ramble too much more. We're just going to go ahead and get into this damn interview. Uh, the song I'm going to play today is Wires. It's off their newish uh, album, Murder in the Mountains. came out, I believe, April 2011. And as we talk about in today's episode, they are currently demoing and thinking about their new record. And But that's still a little ways on the horizon. Uh, Wires is the video, of course, where they, uh, they buy a station wagon, build it up, and then start just 
tearing through shit. Um, you know, gallons of pickles and milk and whatnot. They just rammed the station wagon through. It's a fucking incredible video. And it's really the video that got me hooked on these guys. Uh, Wires, it's my favorite song off Murder in the Mountains. And let's rock it out right now. Here we go.
So what's up, guys? How are you? How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm a little bit road weary right now because I just drove all the way from Salt Lake and had some uh, interesting van troubles. I'm standing by the side of the road for about an hour uh, somewhere in Wyoming. I don't Coming know. up with absurd ways to get here. Yeah, we had a we had a uh, van rented. With a driver that was going to come from a rental agency, he's going to drive and pick us up, drive us all the way to Denver, then drive all the way back. So we got to pay for a rental car there and back. It's like crazy money plus tow truck. We just have to send somebody else for that. It's ridiculous anyway. And this was all, we were all ready to do it. And then we just said, you know what? Let's just see if the car will start. And it did it. it, so. made it. And you made it all the way Three here. hours later, we're here. <laughs> That's a stressful fucking drive. Uh, I'm here with Aaron and Brian from Red Fang, by the way. Hi. Hi. Hey. So, um, so a little bit of stress. This is just a, like a quick little jaunt out to uh, for the uh, Orion Fest and back, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, not even back. I'm actually, uh, I have to fly back right after we play. I'm, I have to catch a train at 12.30 the night that we play to get to the airport to fly back to Portland, so... We're just trying, and then uh, I guess everybody, David and David might fly back, but you and John and Adam, Adam and Coyle will drive back. Not Coyle, Coyle's staying for. Oh, he's uh, staying right in Jersey. Right, right. He's got family. So you have a little more room in there. Oh, there'd be lots of room, lots of hours <laughs> to enjoy it. Yeah, but then you guys are going back to Europe, right? Yeah, headed back for like four and a half weeks for when, and that's festivals. In, mostly that's in like a week or two. July fourth, we fly out to. To Europe, nice. And yeah. you guys just got back from Europe what a month ago? Yeah. Was it yeah. been a month? A Something? month and a half. A month and a half. Yeah. How was Europe? This is what your second, yeah. third time there. It was our third time. It was amazing. It was so good. It was uh, the first time that we did a headline, a full headlining tour over there, and uh, it was far better than I ever could have imagined. There's people coming out of you know little teeny towns I've never even heard of, and places were packed and kids going crazy so it was great got to see places I never would see probably never would have had had a chance to see otherwise like Moscow and Helsinki and stuff so it's awesome now when you guys formed in 2006 did you ever think you'd be going to Europe oh yeah no that was the first thing we thought it was like (laughs) the first note we were like oh Europe here we come no of course not no we just we had you know we knew plenty of people who had done like kind of DIY tours over there and knew that uh, mostly people talked about how Europe was really great if even if they had shitty U.S. tours mm-hmm. that European tours were awesome so we always wanted to but it just never happened until recently I'm buddies with this cross band called Catheter mm-hmm. and they, they tour Europe more than they to- tour the, Euro- the, the U.S. yeah it's pretty common uh, yeah and they make so much fucking money well I shouldn't say so much money I just know that they they make a better living touring Europe than they do living here yeah touring the state I think that over there in general I think the people are more interested in a, a wider variety of live music experiences, so it's, for, for most American bands, that's the case. So, um, according to me, <laughs> so I got into you guys um, through the pre- prehistoric prehistoric dog video. Yeah. But before that, the uh, you guys had played Denver a couple times, I believe. I, I might have it all fucked up in my head. Uh, yeah. 
but uh, I remember you guys coming through Three Kings several times. Me missing it, but you guys like building that buzz and building that buzz. And when that video came out, it just kind of exploded through here in Denver. Like tonight, sold out. Um, I had no idea until I pulled up and I was like, sold out. Yeah, that's got to be that's that's a nice little thing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course it's great to sell out shows. It feels great. Flattering, that's for sure. Uh, I think I mean a lot of the, of course those videos made a huge difference. Mm Uh, I think the other thing that was really changed things for us a lot was going on tour with Mastodon in the U.S. and then again over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, we played Salt Lake City like eight times, and then we just went played there again last night, and it was like 350 people or something showed up, and uh, that was total like half the people that came up and talked to me were like, "Yeah, saw you with Mastodon, had to come back and see it again." So. I, I saw you guys for the first time with uh, the helmet and oh, yeah, yeah. from Metal our Lions, tour. Which, uh, my buddies, the Atlas Moth, opened that up. Oh yeah, uh, Reagan from that band. Uh, he's a buddy acquaintance. I used to be friends with this ska band back in the day. If you ever see Reagan from the Atlas Moth, give him shit about being in a ska band. All right, I was in a ska band, so I can't really be the one. To I think I, I was too. Sort of. So we can't. No one's giving him shit about it. Yeah. Um, we'll commiserate so, is what we'll do. So this this has been a pretty incredible ride. Like you guys. For, for like a bigger band have not been around as long as some of the other guys toiling away but yet you've had so much success fairly early yeah, we've been it, around over, for a while you know overnight success takes 10 years right yeah, yeah. or 25 years exactly yeah. I mean this particular band has been around for 6 years or so mm-hmm. and really you know it was, took 5 years before it really started like really taking off but you know we've all been playing in bands for a long long time in fact this is my friend Eric uh, came down from Fort Collins. We went to high school together, and we the first band I ever played in. Eric uh, played bass in, and I was playing guitar and singing. So, and that How was, was his singing back in the day. Uh, probably about the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's gotten no better and wow. no worse. <laughs> yeah, that was over over twenty years ago. Yeah. How old are you guys? I am, I just turned 29, no, yeah. 38. All right. And I am 40 and a half. Yeah. With, with this new nice cut hair shave, yeah. You, yeah. you look a lot younger. I could pass for a 37 and a half. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm only 32, so yeah. I mean, you could pass for 32 maybe. All right, well, thanks. I'll try to do that later today, <laughs> especially when it gets dark. Everyone's um, asleep. So, so I'm I'm a relative newcomer to the band, but one of the things I've enjoyed about it through the videos, through the albums, and through the uh, couple live shows I've seen is like you guys don't seem to posture like a lot of these other bands. It's very uh, right, we we're not flexible enough. To, but we're a little too old, you know. And it's, <laughs> it don't work out enough to posture. Yeah, we it, thought about it, but it comes across like you guys come across as a very honest band, like. Like, you don't seem like one of those bands that are being showy or trying to make money. I mean, obviously, you're making money at this now, but that doesn't seem to be the, the point or the purpose. Like, And that's one of the things I like about it is that it feels very organic and real. Um, is that something conscious, or is that just the four of you guys together, like, bring it's, that about? I think it would be kind of hard to be consciously honest. Like, I'm going to be, I'm gonna make a point of I'm gonna being... Be a Honesty as an affectation it seems yeah. pretty impossible. That's just the okay. way. Yeah, Fair it's enough. just the way we are. I mean, we're we. I I think to sort of the way I would the way I think about it is that we have played. We kind of came. I think we all came from the same kind of place where we we're like we're all playing like pretty challenge, like mentally challenged, uh, complicated 
instrumental music that was like the whole idea was like completely anti-show and so we had this so we came at it from this the opposite of uh trying to put on any kind of like posturing show it was just like i'm just gonna stand up here and if you don't like the the music should speak for itself you know and so we were just like i was used to just staring at my guitar and doing nothing and we do more than that now because i think we realized that that's actually really boring to watch (laughs) and especially with the music you can't really understand what's going on or get into it so it's like been a challenge for us to try to actually engage the audience a little bit more because you know that's that's what we actually enjoy seeing and so uh i think that what you're really seeing is some people might call it honestly i would call it shyness yeah it's it's tough to be in a rock band and be as nerdy and and gun shy around crowds as we are but uh, you know you we're getting better yeah i mean we tell jokes and like 30 percent of the time people laugh maybe yeah i don't know no but it, but if that does come out it's like oh, i like these guys they're just yeah we're just they're, they're dudes you know what i mean that's we're nothing if not at least dudes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so you guys, you guys list like the Melvin Soundgarden, just '90s grunge as like a um, base for this band. But was that what what impacted you when you were like nine, ten years old, and made you pick up the guitar and bass to begin with and start playing in bands? Oh, I didn't start playing in bands till I was. I didn't really start playing guitar till I was probably like fourteen or fifteen, and it was. It was like Mud Honey and Sound. I yeah. mean, it was Mud Honey it and Soundgarden and and Ride the Lightning. I mean, that was what got me into actually playing guitar. Was it? Was there anything earlier than that? Because like, I, yeah, I, sure. I mean, the first music that I really got into was I remember having a tape when I was like, I don't know, seven or six maybe, that had uh, a couple Hall Note songs on it and then a um, Mozart piano sonata, and that was like <laughs> my favorite tape. I just would play this Mozart thing and then these. Two Hollow Note songs over and over again. I, I always and uh, uh, Rick Springfield <laughs> and Twisted Sister. It, for me, like I always use this example, so I'm trying to figure out a way around it. But uh, I remember being like about seven years old, born in the USA, came out. I would listen to, I, w- I would figure out where that was on the LP and listen yeah. to it over and over and over again. And like all the music I still like and listen to, for the most part, has like a root in that like. Americana esque thing. Uh-huh. I just it's just one of those curiosities like sure, what sure. was the first thing people like really latched on yeah. to. So those are good. Anything for you? Uh, first tape I ever owned was the Muppet movie soundtrack oh, and I played oh, yeah. that thing till the wheels came off. I loved that so much. And Crystal Gale I really liked as a kid and uh, and still do, although I don't really listen. It's not in many people's iPods anymore. It's Crystal Gale. I don't even but, uh, know what that is. Crystal well, Gale check it out. Long hair. Yeah. She's like a, she's like a mystical sort of. Yeah. I was, yeah check it out. Yeah. That Simon and Garfunkel, uh, James Taylor stuff. My mom listened to. I, you know, that's and that and that, all that stuff made me happy. I, that's when I realized that music was something that made me happy. Yeah. What did you think of the new Muppet movie? I thought it was great. I loved it too. Did you tear up at the end when they played the Rainbow Connection? I didn't. I did. 
And I'm not afraid to say that. And every time I own it on Blu-ray, every time I, got, I watch it, the I'm only saying, movie I can remember crying to was uh, was Benji. With, or was it Benji sings the blues? Ben, or was it Benji? Which is the dog? Of, Lassie. That's no, Benji. Uh, Benji. Old Yeller. Benji gets lost in New York. It was like a mm-hmm. sequel to Benji. And I cried because Benji was lost in New York. But that was a long, long time ago. I'm too cynical. I'm like, oh, my heart strings you're just stay gay. You're, you're too dehydrated. I'm too dehydrated. Just dust comes out the, the emotions are there, but there's no liquids. <laughs> All right, so at what point did you guys go, fuck an office job? When do I want, I want to do music full time? Uh, Ryan said fuck an office job before he ever had one. <laughs> I've never had him one. Me neither. I've had, had shitty warehouse jobs. It wasn't. It, we didn't. I mean, the decision was really made for us because we just had our touring schedule just got really crazy after our after Murder of the Mountains came out, and none of us, none of our jobs, would take us back. Yeah, because we were gone for like almost. We were gone for four out of five months uh, from March until August. So there's just no way to have a job after that. Yeah. yeah. For the first four years of this band, I, I did have a job to go back to because the bar I worked at was very understanding. But it, it just, uh, we got a stretch of tours we couldn't say no to, and that was that. There, it's like, well, we can't put a place marker for you in this bar for four months. And I understood it. It was mutually agreeable. So, so this wasn't an expected thing to all of a sudden jump on these like mastodon tours and whatnot no. oh yeah no i was like of course of course we're gonna tour well i mean you know no. th- there are those bands that are like oh man we're gonna make it big this is it i quit my job and then six we're, months later they go crawling back absolutely. we've been too long or never too been around too long doing this for too long never have that kind of thought anymore. yeah i think i've been stomped down too much by the music industry to, to, to think that that you're that you're any, any kind of success or, or popularity that you might get will has any staying power. All you can do is keep doing. You just keep doing what you're doing, and as long as you're enjoying it, keep it going. And I'm enjoying it, so I keep doing. It. Oh yeah, yeah. And luckily, look, sold out show. Everybody else is enjoying it. We'll see about that. We'll see if uh, they enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this. But th- then again, this is my sixth beer. Is that legal in pod, the podcast world? <laughs> oh yeah, you should hear. I, I did an interview with the, the dude from Manicero, and I could barely talk to him. So nice. perfect. Yeah. Um, so how has the transition been, like um, from working class band to full time touring band? Is it hard? I, I noticed the wedding ring. Yeah, there's some there's some challenges definitely with the family back home. I have a son also, uh, and so there's a lot of stress that goes along with. A being away from him so much, he's he just turned three, and then of course, uh, essentially turning my wife into a single mom for a pretty long stretches of time is not really easy. But you know, we're working towards a point where we don't have to be gone for like such huge stretches of time that we can spread it out a little bit more. So yeah, it's challenging, but we're working we're working it out. Huh? Yeah, it's that. I mean, I have a girlfriend and a dog, and they both get mad at me. Uh, my dog, when I get home, will ignore me for an entire day. He, he'll pretend that he doesn't know me, and I know that he knows me. I, it's a conscious choice he makes to not look look me in the eye. Sometimes my girlfriend will do that, not as often. 
Um, so is this still work? Or is this still fun or has it become work? Is it a job now yet? It's work. It's, I mean, of course, it has to sort of become work on some level. Right. But it's a much better job than any other job I've ever had. So Basically, I think anyone who, who gets to, to do what they would want to do and it, and it pays the bills, that's what everyone should do. And it's like, you know, for... For us, it's music is what we've always wanted to do, so we're very lucky in that way. But same thing with anyone else. It's like a doctor, you know, really long hours, totally brutal, but they always wanted to be a doctor. You know, they went through the hurdles to a doctor, and they, they love it. An architect gets really difficult, but but it's not a job to them because it's what they love. I mean, unless, of course, you always wanted to be a musician and you're an architect, in which case you're screwed. If you're a rock star and you always wanted to be a, a dentist... You're screwed, but we we want to do this, so we're yeah. not screwed. And you've always wanted to be a musician. Oh, I have my Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably would. I probably decided that I was going to be a rock star uh, when I was about fourteen. Or that was a well. I just smoked enough pot and played guitar in my little crappy back TV backstage plus, and thought, you know, I can choose any notes I want in any order I want. And then that's a song, and I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. And I thought, well, well, then I'll just write songs that everyone loves, and it'll be fine. And uh, whatever. Twenty-eight years later, we're having a modicum of a success. So uh, there you go. I'm not sure it's sort of a cautionary tale. <laughs> My liver is screaming at me to stop doing this. Well, yeah. I I did notice that through the videos, you guys sort of like you watch you guys. You're very skinny. In uh, the first video, prehistoric dog, and then maybe not. Now you were describing as great. Like, well, I would describe you as skinnier. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was the long hair and beard in the newer videos yeah. that yeah. made you look. It's possible. Heavier, but you guys definitely look like you've gained some uh, some uh, beer weight there. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> I think I've actually had a, a, a beer 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 gut arc. Yeah. I think I'm now. I'm not back to my pre beer gut phase but I'm over the I thought I was just onward and outward for the rest of my life but I, yeah. I think I I've reined in my I've beer gut I've gained a little bit of weight in the last couple of weeks but after I got back from Europe I, I totally I cinched up my belt I went down a pant size I've gone down two belt belt holes in the past month I went from 36 to 34 my goal is 32 but it's a dare to drink yeah. you're skinnier you're, you're smaller than me so you're, you're skinny I don't. I am. This is this is all beer weight right here. Yeah. But I work in bars. I hang out in bars. I live in bars. So yeah. Anyway, um, so the new album is not a new album anymore. It's been out a little over a year. Um, have you guys started working on a follow up yet? Yeah, we've written a couple songs, and but we're gonna spend. We're, we're taking a like three month break after this European tour and that's when we're going to really get down to really uh, the brass tacks of working on the new records. But is the, the songwriting process vastly changed from the the two EPs album to uh, Murdering the Mountain correct? Like it, uh, Somewhat. I mean it's more more collaborative and we more you know there's more input from all of us but uh it's essentially the same, you know. Somebody brings in 
a riff or something, and then we all just kind of play it for a while, and then we we're like, that sucks. And then eventually we played again, and we like it. So this this new album will probably follow along. Yeah, yeah, too. it'll be it'll be exactly the same. You guys aren't going to uproot everything, hire a bunch of songs. Song. No, 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 no. Same songs in different keys. Yeah. And he, Aaron's going to sing all of my songs. I'm going to sing all of his. Yeah. And it's going to be acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Um, who chooses what's on play acoustic like, electric keyboard? Um, acoustic who, guitar. Yeah. When you guys are writing a song, who decides what song you're going to sing? Like, oh, I'll take I, I just whatever song. makes the most sense. I mean, it's usually pretty obvious. We and sometimes, I mean, in the last record, we both took runs at vocals, and then we listened to them like, oh, that one sounds better than that one. Yeah. So, so there might be a B-sides album ten years from now with you singing his songs. No, I don't think so. I don't no, think, think we. Can. I think we. I mean, that was all the vocals we did. We just like digitally, so yeah. so all those are sure to leave. Yeah, you try it and be like, oh, my voice sounds terrible on this, and then you do it. So yeah, you don't even keep it. Um, you, you guys chose a very interesting producer mixer for this last album. Will it be the? Do you think it'll be something similar to that for this next album? Will it be the same guys, different crew? It might. More yeah, metal. we're still trying to figure that out, but uh, so, uh, I don't know. Enough. We liked working with Chris, so yeah. there's a good chance we'll work with him again. Yeah, I mean, he, obviously, he's a very busy dude. So it may not be possible. He may not want to do it. I don't know. Maybe he's sick of us. What What I like about the last album is, is uh, I'm not necessarily a dude that's into heavy stuff. I'm a punk rock kid, like more hardcore. Like yeah, I'm wearing an off shirt. For yeah, God's sake. that's that's more. Um, but you guys have that heavy feel, but it's a lot catchier, a lot poppier. You guys get a lot of shit from the like metalheads for being too catchy or too poppy. Uh, maybe poppy. Well, yeah, well, the only yeah, not to our faces. The only time that ever really happened was we did get it to our faces one time. It was at that uh, show in the at the in Cleveland at the Peabody's Down Under or whatever it's called. There are these kids. We were playing this like this. I don't even know what kind of music it was. The other bands that were playing, uh, but they were like super intense technical metal shit. And we played first, and there was like these kids who were tweeting the whole time, and then a couple of kids sat on the stage with their backs to me for like three quarters of the show. They were like actively, they were hostile to, to us, but whatever. They I mean, wanted us to feel bad about what we were doing. But on the other hand, who gives a shit? Of course, not everybody's going to like everything, right. so yeah, who cares? I like that. I like that philosophy. I don't know. I, lo- I love it. And it, it's honestly like, hopefully. It, it's not kissing too much ass, but it's opening me up to a lot. There's a lot more possibilities with the heavier stuff that I once said. I'm not in that because I'm a punk rock kid at nature and art, yeah. and I think you guys are too, right? Um, some way, some it, of us. But um, but but it's opened it up. It, it it's opened up that heavier world to me that I was not yet. Well, good into. So I don't know. That's that's all. I'm just curious about. So I, I got to talk about more, a little bit more about the videos because the videos are a big part of it. Um, Whitney, Whitney Whitey, Whitey. Yeah. No, there was Whitey McConaughey. I've got it written right here. To no, no end. Um, but I'll tell him. I'll tell him his new nickname is Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you guys have known him for a long time. Correct? Is that right? Yeah, Brian. I think Brian Coyle's known him for a really long time. Brian's known him longer than I have. Yeah. But yeah. Um, how important is the visual representation for the band, or is it? Is it just kind of critical? A fun thing? I mean, we never. I don't think any of you would have no idea who we were if it weren't for those videos. You're pretty much right. Yeah. We're not, and we're, that's no mystery to us. We're well aware of that. So. <laughs> Very important. Are you guys going to keep the goofy videos up? 
They're fun. If I like Whitey them. decides to keep making them, then yeah. yeah. You won't go seek out a new director. We just wait until he calls us and says, I got yeah. an idea. And then we're like, great, let's do it. But, you know, he's a really busy guy, too, so it's, you never know. Fair yeah, the last video he did, I think he approached us about doing it. And two weeks later, it was done. Yeah. He was just like, I have two weeks. I want to do a video. I have these we three ideas. Yeah, we had two weeks. We were leaving our two weeks. Like, I want to shoot this video before you leave town. We're like, dude, two weeks. And we leave for Europe or I don't know where we were. We were leaving. And he's like, we can do it. I'm like, you're insane. But we, he got it done. Was that Wires or uh, Hank is Dead? Hank. Hank. I, the timeline for me is all fucked up. I saw, uh, I saw Wires before Hank is Dead, so I'm like, anyway. Um, wires, how long did that take to come to fruition? That well, was a pretty long time. Because we, we, we went on tour in between sh- uh, shots or whatever, so it took a while. Uh, Brian, Pos- Brian Posehn's in it. Yep. He's a very large metal fan. I take it a very big fan of you guys to get in it. Yeah, he's like 6'5", I think. <laughs> very big, yeah. He's one of our That's bigger fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are funny. Um, but, but how did you guys get in contact with him? Was it just Twitter? Twitter? Yeah. I've Twittered so him, and he won't re- reply to me. Brian, No. Well, back. Uh, Coyle and I went to see his oh, right, live right, right, right. in Florida. And then after the show, we introduced ourselves, and I totally fanned out. I was like, yeah, get a picture with you, whatever. So anyway, and then we invited him to see our show, because obviously part of his act is his love of metal. So we're like, dude, you want to come to a show? Obviously, you get it for free if you want. And he's like, I'll go see metal. So he showed up to the show. I was surprised. And he was easy to spot. You know, there's all these... Te- five foot six kids and this monster in the middle so anyway and apparently he thought it was alright because you know we'd seen that he he twittered about having listened to our band or whatever so we didn't feel like we were being totally out of line by harassing him but I think then it was like our manager started harassing him and the guys from Relapse harassed him I think you know and he was uh, just cool enough to do that for himself and he did a great job I he's funny as shit. I've, I've twittered him several times trying to get him to sit down and talk with me, but the response, but that's all right. I'm nobody's the guy. I'm nobody right, I'm nobody right now. Um, anyway, so um, PBR plays a very big role in the videos. Have they sponsored you guys officially yet? Do they sponsor bands? Yeah, no, not not really. Like, no. I mean, we've... They have given us some beers and stuff like that. Yeah, I think on, our, on the Mayhem tour, they they brought us. We threw a party, and they brought us like I don't know twenty cases of beer for our party, which was well appreciated by. Some, they gave us some gas cards to pay for gas for part of that tour. Oh, nice. We're not like a Pabst band, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. For that matter, I didn't think they, they were like, "Don't tell anyone we did this," but I mean, whatever. Like, come, on, <laughs> come on, guys. I was gonna ask like why Pabst, not Olympia. But then again, then I little bit of digging. It's all the same fucking company anyway. Yeah, yeah. Rainier, Olympia, oh. all that stuff. Is really and it's all delicious. It's all similar tasting. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a limp, and you can drink more than one. Huh? I'm, I'm on number six. There you go, six and a half. Um, okay, so let's let's start wrapping this up because um, I know you guys are busy. Uh, what's coming up in the next year? You guys are doing the Orion Fest, another uh, Europe Fest tour. Yep. Um, then what? Three months off, and we're going to work on a new record, and then we'll do a uh, headlining tour of the whole U.S. in late October through no, uh, through November, and then uh, record. Cool. And probably. Oh, we're going actually to 
Soundwave in um, end of February, beginning of March in Australia, and try to fit in some Japan and uh, New Zealand in there too. So, but other than that, it's not it's not all flayed out yet. It's still early in there. <laughs> I don't know. So don't say anything. About don't that. say anything about that. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can maybe edit that out. I don't know. Yeah, edit it out. Edit it out. Uh, so what has been going to smash, bro? And we might smash. I can, I can make something like that happen. In February. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, what's what, it's it's been a relatively like like you guys were saying you're taking it very cautiously, very carefully. What's been the most surprising moment though, like for for you guys as this band? Because I, 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 I six beers. It's your address. No, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine, like, you guys have worked so hard for this, you're finally here. What's been, like, the whole, most holy shit moment? Uh, there's been a really, I mean, honestly, there's been a ton of them. Um, 20 years from now, what are you going to look back on and be like, holy shit? I mean, of course. Probably one of enough. them was... Hell playing Hellfest in France. Hellfest was crazy. That was just too many people. Too many, too many people. That's cool. That was really good. We had to drive all the way through the night. I was driving through France at like four in the morning. Had to drive through Paris and almost ran out of gas. And then barely, you know, just made it to the venue just on time at like 10.30 a.m. when we had to load in. I think we played at noon or something. We were like, there's going to be no one there. And then there was, we played this tent. There was like 5,000 people in the tent or something. Just going nuts. It was awesome. Uh, just because it was so crazy. That was pretty memorable. But there's a lot of moments like Moscow was really great. Seeing a dude get completely naked at our show in Paris was pretty amazing. And going to Helsinki and... I think it was 600 people showed up in Helsinki, which is kind of blew me away. I think seeing some stage dive for the first time of any band yes. I've ever been in, and I've been in bands for 20 some years, yeah. and someone got up on stage on purpose to jump off of it again, that blew my mind. I was like, no shit? Really? And then soccer chant in Athens. That was one of your moments. There's like, we, could, we, probably, we should cut it off because we'll just keep going and going and going. Next time you guys come through, it'll be nothing but oh my god, oh my god moments. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, an hour or either agnostics or atheists, so yeah. it'll be oh my gosh, oh my goddess. Shut the front door. I like that. All right, guys. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. <laughs> that, that'll do her. All right, guys. That was fun. All right, buddies. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. Special thanks to Brian and Aaron from Red Fang for taking uh, time out of their busy, stressful day to sit back, drink a couple beers, and listen to a drunk kid ask them the same questions. I'm sure they get asked over and over and over and over and over again. And thanks to them for being just overall cool sports about everything. Uh, their show is goddamn fan-fucking-tastic. Larimer Lounge sold out. was an incredible experience. Uh, like I say, I, I'm pretty sure that place only holds about 150 200 people and it was packed uh opening bands um space is magic i believe was space and time maybe and il cativo those are damn good bands uh il cativo in particular i got to see them uh, a few months back at the uh, denver mini fest and they just blew me away uh from what i understand it's former members of planes mistaken for stars uh some of the amps and equipment had vox written on the side so i think it's former members of vox which is another one of my favorite fucking denver bands uh please check those guys out on myspace and we're in facebook 
and uh, fan fucking tastic band, and I'm really excited to see those guys up and out and about in Denver. And again, Red Fang, you guys were fan fucking tastic. And if any of you listeners out there have, uh, if this is your first time checking out the show, please. Uh, Please check out mostofthehormonspodcast.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave me a couple uh, reviews, messages, emails. I love getting feedback, and I don't really get too much feedback at all. So it would be really great to hear some more from you guys. Um, and, again, if anybody could send me some uh, send me some good metal recommendations. I don't really I don't really know where to start or where to listen to, but thanks to Bob and Relapse Records, I'm now on their radio PR list. So I'm getting a couple uh, tracks and singles from those guys, and that's really opening up my ears and opening up my musical doorway. Um, I'm not going to ramble on too much more. Again, visit com. I would love it if you left me some comments or feedbacks. And uh, we're going to go ahead and end this with another uh, Red Fang song. This is off their first album, their first, uh, which was a... Cl- collection of their EPs. Let's see. I don't even think it has a... Yeah, it doesn't... It's just called Red Fang. Um, but it's their first two tour EPs combined together and released by Sargent House uh, Records back in 2009. And so uh, we're going to leave you with the first song that I ever heard of Red Fang, the first video I ever saw, uh, The Delicious Prehistoric Dog. So thanks for tuning in, buddies. Y'all have a great week.